Father, we thank you. We ask for illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Every heart can be uji as we see ourselves in you. Your name alone is glorified and we are edified in the name of Jesus. Amen. Alright, 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3 verse 15 says, And as from a child <clears throat> thou hast known the holy scriptures, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. 16. All scriptures is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness, that a man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And we said that the word, as from a child, that was known, that word known is from the Greek word heido, E-I-D-O, and it implies, it implies acquainted, to be acquainted with, to perceive, to be acquainted with, to perceive. It is not necessarily quoting text, but to appreciate the scriptures. So it is not your quoting text is good but it is not this idol doesn't mean that you know some people they just know how to do bible's word but they don't know the scripture you know bible's word they put your put your hands on the bible like this oh yeah over to john <laughs> over to um john 316 <laughs> Yeah, the winner of the Bible's word is, that's not what to say. <laughs> it means you are acquainted with. And we said, as from a child, thou hast been acquainted with the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise. The word make thee wise, we said, is sophizo. That is, is skill, it was skillfully, skillfully devised. That is, you, are, you can skillfully, you can skillfully, skillfully devise things and wisdom you can skillfully devise things and wisdom is used for being smart that is you are smart you know there are some people they are just crooks that's not what they're saying yeah you know some people are smart but they're just they know how to to corner you away from things just not to be crooks that's not what they're saying this one you are smart and your smartness is as a result of the scriptures and that's how you should be as a, as a believer. You should be smart with the scriptures. You should be because as believers, we are smart people. Smart. because Why, why are you smart? Because you are acquainted with the scriptures. So you know how to navigate through life and, and, and ministry because you, you know the scriptures. So... He now says, so he's able to make you wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scriptures is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. The word doctrine there is from the word the daskalia. The daskalia. And it means teaching. It's profitable for teaching. Teaching will bring reproof. Teaching will bring correction. Reproof, Hellenius. That is, it will give you persuasion. It will convince you. Correction, Elenius, uh, correction is epanothosis. It will set things back to the original place of use. That is, you will be restored back. You will be corrected. 
and instruction in righteousness. Instruction is the word padiai, natural, as if you are nurtured, you are grown, you are trained in righteousness. It says that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished. And the word perfect is from the Greek word artios, A-R-T-I-O-S. It implies to be fitted for, ready to function, you are adequate. It's just like saying you've been practicing for an Olympics and um, you've, you've, been, you've been practicing, you've been doing um, trainings and trainings. Then after the practice, the sixth day is, the, the sixth day is Friday. By that Friday, you are expected to be fit, right? You are expected to be adequate. You are expected to, to have gotten everything, all your glucose, all your... I remember when um, elementary school in those days, when we want to do it, our sport, glucose was. <laughs> you just run one minute. <laughs> they just take glucose, take glucose, take glucose. I remember there's one guy called Winners. They broke his leg. Because <laughs> the guy can play ball so much. They, that one does not even drink glucose. That one does not need glucose. So we went to do it our house, you know, it our school sport. We went to do it our school sport. They cut his leg and he was our superstar. I think we did not win the match that day because they broke his leg on the field. Interestingly, I now saw him many years later. Many, many years later. I said, ah, you are working with your legs. He said, <laughs> I was because I was surprised. Because after that, I couldn't come to school for weeks. I think, this, I think his parents was even hungry that the school allowed him. <laughs> you know how parents can be. If he, if he, if, if they give him price now, if his leg did not break, and they give him price, and they give him oh best, the, 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 the mother will be happy. But because the mother, the leg is broke, and it's the school that is taking care of the billu, not the mother. The mother is now blaming school. That you know, human beings. Anyway, that's aside. So the word perfect is the word actus. It means you are fitted for something. You know, you know when you when you, when you go to Bolinton or TJ Maxx and you go to a fitting room and you check it, you have the clothes fit you. You go to those fitting rooms and it fits you. You're like, okay, yes, I'm buying this one. You know, but if it did not fit you, what will you do? You drop it down, right? So now it says that the man of God may be perfect. That word perfect means you are fit. Now let's take it to now into to spiritual things now. If they say, check your prayer life now. Is your prayer life fit to <laughs> fit to be a man of God? If no, <laughs> you need to fix it. Ready to function to be accurate. And I said, it was used historically for special training. Historically for special training. Thus, the understanding of the Bible makes the minister of the gospel adequate. So the minister of the gospel is not ready to function until he has known the message of the scriptures. And it says, thoroughly furnished. The word thoroughly furnished is from the Greek word exatizo, E-X-A-R-T-I-Z-O. It implies to furnish. That is, it is ready. It is fulfilled. It is done. And I said, it relates to a finished product which would have obtained years of process before the final product is obtained. So once the product is ready, then it is ready. So 
that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. He was referring to Timothy, a minister of the gospel, whom he said that, whom he said that he has known the scriptures, who he said that he has understood the scriptures, um, the message of the scriptures, salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, and is able to skillfully teach and preach from those scriptures. So, as a believer, if your understanding of the scriptures is wrong, your worship of God will be wrong. You would not be able to worship God properly. You won't even be able to serve God properly. You won't even be able to be effective in your Christian work. You won't, even, you won't even know what spiritual growth is all about because your understanding of the scriptures is wrong. So if your understanding of the scriptures is wrong, your worship of God will be wrong. And I said, a preacher of the gospel must not be lazy. You must not speak the Bible as one of those things. It must be the only thing. You can't be relying on the knowledge of your book of Bible stories many years ago, or that JW books. Do you know the yellow book, the JW yellow book? You don't know it? They didn't give you? They didn't reach you, people? Oh, my Lord. You guys don't have enough contradictions in your mind. <laughs> if I'm studying the scripture till tomorrow, and I see, and I'm reading tongues beyond the day of Pentecost, let's, let's like what I taught you on tongues beyond the day of Pentecost now. If I'm reading that, that place in book of art, Till tomorrow, my eyes is still on the picture that they drew for us in JW book that some people stood and fire was on their head. <laughs> JW books. <laughs> Another man live with all the serpent and all of those things, serpent talking. You imagine that is what you built your Christian life for. You know you are finished. <laughs> oh boy, you are finished. So, just like Job, Job in Job Job forty verse Job forty verse five. Job had God, or I say had God. Job had little information about God. In Job forty two verse five, the statement of thee by the hearing refers to one Hebrew word called Shema, S H E M A S H E M E. It refers to rumors. So Job's perspective about God from chapter one to forty two was founded on rumors rumors pure rumors and what is rumors sometimes they misinform misinformation he say yes say she say they say them say you know some people you know some people in today's world now they refer to them as them <laughs> say my 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 sister is them they so, so one person is they now <laughs> You know, if you now want to write scriptures now in the next 20 years now, we don't even know how we use it. So, because they now in, in a baby's mind now, if the, if the baby is growing up now, you know, they will start putting it in curriculum soon. They now in a baby's world now will now be one person. So, if they say they went with Jesus now, in their mind now they will be thinking, ah, is it one person that went with Jesus? Are you seeing that? The scripture will never mean today. <laughs> what it never meant after the time it was written. <laughs> because the world keeps changing. So if you want to interpret the scripture in the light of today's world, you are done for. <laughs> you have to sit back 
in the audience of the people that, the, the, that it was written to and understand it from their perspective. And that's the work of a good Bible preacher. A good Bible preacher would feed you, or the work of a good pastor, he will feed you the word and ensure that you are well grounded in the word. Does this make sense? So, and interestingly, many, many are still like that today, just like Job. Their opinions of God are founded on rumors, experiences. You know some people, they don't know Bible, but they can give you quotes. Hey, just meet them. They say, like Napoleon, he said. Like John Maxwell said. Like this person said. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like they said in that movie. Like Abatistin said. Like Mother Teresa, like uh, Mama Gaddafi said. <laughs> like Matama Gaddafi said. <laughs> They will now call Bible holy book. Like they said in the holy book. <laughs> you are who is holy book. <laughs> so we need to properly study the scriptures to have the right perspective of God's character. You and I need, need to study the scriptures to have a proper perspective of God's character. Like I told you, the man of God must be fit. It must be adequate. Now, his adequacy is coming from where? The scriptures that he knows. So if he doesn't know enough scripture, he can't be fit to be a pastor. What will he be doing on the pulpit? You see that some people today say, so what's not we calling them pastor? Because what are they doing on the pulpit? Mass matters. They just, just play with people's destiny. Just jokers. Some people, the only thing they preach in their life is relationship. How is that going? So, what if, what, what, what if I don't want to marry? And, and that's the only sermon they have. And you find some people, that's what they want. Because they've been begging God for 10 years to give them his husband. Carry me, they go. Jehovah, carry me, they go. My husband out. You will, see, you eventually find what you are looking for. <laughs> I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So a lot of people, their perspective of the scriptures is wrong. Their perspective of God's character is wrong. Their perspective of God's character is built on visions. It's visions like Seven days in hell. How many of you, when you were younger, you heard those things? Seven days in hell. 31 days in hell fire. 28 days in heaven. There's one woman, Madame Margaret. I will mention her name. She deceived the body of Christ in Africa. I will say Africa. I don't know if it came to America here. He deceived the body of Christ those times. I say, ah, if you wear your ring, you are going to hell fire. If you go, I wear eyelashes, you're going to air fire. If you wear trousers, all of you, all of you are even wear trousers, air fire. Straight. <laughs> Straight. Then, you know, later on, she repented though. But the repentance, see, the repentance is not always public. But do you know how many damage and people who have died in that belief? They said they were making wigs. That wigs is coming from the pit of air. That all this Brazilian wig, that they were first put devil something 
manure, maybe poo-poo or something. They will just first put it. Then the devil will inflict it with something. They, they say it's dead people say they will cut it, shave it. They will not join it together. They say that's what they used to make wigs. They say all this makeup that people are doing is a concussion of the marine world. All of those things. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's so many so many erroneous beliefs. It's since when I was young, I've been hearing that Jesus is coming soon. They've been saying some in fact there was one year, 2013, I will not forget that year. May 7, 2013, they say Jesus is coming. They they wrote it in one board in, in the school we used to use for ministry. I took you guys to the school. They wrote it in one of the board there, May 13. May no. No, was it 2011? May something 2011 or May something 2013? Yeah. They said Jesus is coming. Interestingly, that day, the, the, everywhere too was looking somehow. <laughs> it was 20 something. They said the head is coming to her head. Everybody started repenting. Everybody started giving the light to Christ. See, see, that was not the first time when I was in primary four. That was in elementary school. When eclipse happened in Nigeria, they said, because of superstition, they said that was the day Jesus too is coming. So you know what? When the eclipse too was happening, me too, I started repenting. Me too, me too, I started repenting. That time I was still very young. I was like, ah, finally, the world is coming to an end. Stupid, erroneous beliefs. Erroneous beliefs. Erroneous ones. If you go check online like this, there's another new date that Jesus is coming. <laughs> oh. It's, it has been... See, when I sat down with people, they told me that this is not the first time. They said in 1990-something, in the early 80s and in the early, they said Jesus is coming too. And everybody too started selling their thing. I think that's when my mother even gave her life to Christ. <laughs> my mother said she had to give out all her dress. She said to her, she doesn't wear dress. I think, yeah, they said because Jesus is coming. So many in So we live in a world where people are <laughs> scared. Let me tell you, one of the things that religion has done for people is to tie people down in bondage. Bondage. You're just scared. If I do this like this, oh, if I eat in a restaurant, it's a sin. If I wear skirts, it's a sin. If I wear trousers, it's a sin. If I do this, it's a sin. It's a this. That's a sin conscious mentality. So a lot of people have the wrong perspective of God's character. Did they have? Because the only way we can accurately know God is to know him from his character. The way you can accurately know. You know, in the last section we said, in Luke 9, verse 58 and 59, we said, the Son of Man came not to destroy lives, right? But to save men's life. The best way to know God is to know him through his character. I mean, if you want to know God, you want to, right? How you know God is to know him through his character. And his character is already revealed in the written world. His character is already revealed in the written world. Is already revealed in the written word. 
So, the epistle of James, he addressed something in James 1, verse 16 to 17. James 1, verse 16 to 17. James 1, verse 16 to 17. It says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So, to have a clear understanding of what he thought, or what James was teaching here, you have to examine in context. How you read the scripture is in context. Because James already laid a foundation for us in verse 13 to 15. Look at it. Before going to 16 and 17. It says, let no man say when he is tempted. I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither he tempt any man. He now says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. But when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So, to have a clear understanding of what Jesus taught, or what James, not Jesus, sorry, what James taught, you need to read well. So, observe some things in his description and in the motions in his descriptions that the conception of sin is from the following man desire sin death i'll say it again man desire sin death man desire sin death that's how james so it's important for us to note that james did not mention god at all you have to know, James, when he says, let no man say, for God did not tell me, but every man when he's tempted, he's drawn away from his own laws and his entire. Did he put God there? James did not mention God. He is neither at the exception or the conception of sin. Because, so, I can, we can simply say, God is neither at the exception or in the conception of sin. He only mentioned man and see, that is very instructive for you. Let's, let's study something. He says, let no man say, in verse 13, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Let no man was translated from the Hebrew word medis. M-E-D-E-I-S. M-E-D-E-I-S. is a compound word to implies no man. Not even one. None. It implies no man. Not even one, none. It was used 88 times in the New Testament. And in context that it was used, it places a boundary for every man. Let's look at some few places. Just, just very quick, please. Matthew 8, verse 4. It was used in Matthew 8, verse 4. In Matthew 8, verse 4, it says, And Jesus said to him, saying, See that... See, thou fear no man. He used the word no man there. Look at it, Matthew 9, verse 30. Matthew 9, verse 30. It says, And their eyes were opened. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. So he used that word no man. 
So let's go back to our James 1 verse 13. It says, let no man say when he is tempted. Let no man. So we said it's from the Greek word medis. M-E-D-I-A-D-E-I-S. M-E-D-E-I-S. Let no man. It's from the Greek word M-E-D-E-I-S. And it's a compound word which implies no man, not even one, none. And I told you it was used 88 times in the New Testament. And we just saw it two places where it was used. So when he says, let no man. Now, the next word he said is, let no man say. That word say is from the Greek word lego. L-E-G-O. 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 It implies to lay forth by speaking. To lay forth by speaking. To lay forth by speaking. Or to relate in words. To lay forth by speaking. Or to relate, to relate with words. To relate in words. Relate in words. To lay forth by speaking or to relate to words. It was used 1,244 times. 1,244 times in the New Testament book. It was used 1,244 times. So James was saying, now let's put it in proper context. Let no man relate or lay forth by speaking. So that is, you don't have a right to say. Are you seeing it now? Guys, do you agree? So, he put it in the Bible. Let no man relate or lay forth by speaking. Right? Right? Yes, sir. Okay. So, let no man say when he is tempted. Now, let's look at the word tempted. The word tempted is from the Greek word periazo. P-E-I-R-A-Z-O. P-E-I. R-A-Z-O, P-E-I, R-A-Z-O. It implies to endeavor, scrutinize, entice, discipline. It means assay, to examine, to go about, to prove. I'll say it again. Periazo, P-E-I-R-A-Z-O. It implies to endeavor, scrutinize, entice, discipline. So it means, so now, it means to assay, examine, to go about, to prove. It's from the Greek word peria. P-E-I. It's from the root word, not Greek word. It's from the root word. P-E-I-R-A. P-E-I-R-A. It means to thirst. Attempting or assaying. To thirst. Attempting or assaying. The Greek word peria. P-E-I-R-A was used 35 times in the New Testament book. Some of which include Matthew 4 verse 1. The temptation of Jesus in Matthew 4 verse 1. Matthew 4 verse 1. When he says, and Jesus was led up into the, to the, by the Spirit to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. To be tempted of the devil. And verse 3 when he says, and when the tempter came in, he said, if thou be the Son of God, come out these stones to bread. So it was used in that way. It was also used in um, in First Corinthians seven verse five. First Corinthians seven verse five. First Corinthians seven verse five, where it says, um, "Defraud ye yet not one another, except ye be for a concert of time, that ye may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together, that Satan may tempt you for your inconsistency." That what Satan is just like an husband and wife staying away from sex so that they will fast and pray so that satan will not thank them and all of those things so he used that word for that in first corinthians 10 verse 9 it was used for let let us thank christ as some of them fainted 
and will destroy those serpents. So the first Corinthians 10, 9, it was used in first Corinthians 10, 13, there are no temptation thicking you, but that which is common to man. But God is faithful, which will be able to, to which, is, which will not suffer you to be tempted above, that which ye are able, but will be the temptation also ye will make a way of escape, you'll be able to bear it. So the word, let's go back to our James 1 verse 13, where it says, but it says, let no man say, he is tempted, or I am tempted, he is tempted. When he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted. So we want to take the term, cannot be tempted. We've already studied tempted, right? Guys, right? All right, we, we, we said tempted already. Now let's see, cannot be tempted. That word cannot be tempted is from the Greek word apiriazo. A-P-H-E-I-R-A-Z-O. Just like that word periazo, but you repeat, put A in the front. Does that make sense? It negates the word periazo. It negates that word. It means not to assay, not to test. You know we said in periazo, it means to assay, to examine, right? To go about, to prove, right? Now, it negates that word. It means to ass- not to assay, not to test. Not to assay, not to test. So, look at that word again now, in verse 13. It says, let no man... When scriptures like this are going on, you have to fix your eyes on the text I'm explaining so that you will get it very well. It says, let no man say when he's tempted, I am tethered of God. We've already explained let no man, right? We've already explained no man. We've explained say, right? We've explained tempted now. It now says, for God cannot be tempted with evil. We've already explained now cannot be tempted with evil. So he now says, now let's look at it in verse 14, but every man, let's look at the word every man in verse 14. Every man. So the word every man is from the Greek word ekasto. H-E-K-A-S-T-O-S. 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 Which implies each or every man. That is man or woman. So when he's saying, let's, because you know misogynistic, uh, I say misogynistic. Um, people that feminists will say the Bible does not favor them. No, <laughs> it's not. So when he says every man there, escasto, h e k a s t o s, it implies each and every. That is man or woman. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? So was he was he saying? Every man, woman is, is excluded. No, it's everybody. It was used 78 times in the, in the book of the Bible, 78 times in the New Testament. This puts an individuality to mankind in yielding to temptation. It puts an individuality to mankind in yielding to temptation. So it is synonymous to the term that Paul used by. It is, it is synonymous. You know, if you know antonym and synonyms. So when I say synonymous, because I know that English is mostly you people's problem in this place. <laughs> it is synonymous to the word. It's synonymous to what I is to that word in Romans 5, verse 12, where it says, by for by one man. So I used that is mankind now. So when it says for by one man, uh, for by one man was translated to so when it says by by one man was translated from the Greek word, I, I think I explained this in um, 
in um, did we see in adam when he says for by one man he is anthropos it refers to a singularity in adam's personality so let's go back to our james 1 verse 14 when he says for every man is tempted when he's drawn away with his own loss and enticed he now says so let me explain that word we've already explained every man is tempted every man we've explained every man now we've explained tempted now let's see drawn away drawn away is from the greek word e x e l k o e x e l k o hesco 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 e x e l k o and that word was derived from two greek words it was derived from two Greek words, Ike. Ike is the word from or out, referring to origin. From or out, referring to origin. H-E-L-K-U-O means to drag or to draw, to draw or to drag. So remember I said Esclo. Esclo is, is it Esclo or Heclo? It's at this Esclo pronouncing it in English is Greek. It's Greek word. S clue. S cool. Ah, whatever. I'll I'll figure out the pronunciation and come and give you. S is derived from two Greek words. And I said so two Greek words now it means heck and H L clue. No. H E L K U O. H E L K U O. So ek is from from is the word from or out. Clue is to draw or to drag. So the word esclu would therefore mean to drag forth. Don't forget we're explaining to where everybody is drawn away, right? It means to drag forth or to drag away. To drag forth or to drag to drag away. To drag forth or to drag away. So when he says every man is drawn away. That is, everyone is dragged forth. <laughs> everyone is like, say, leave this place. You know, it's like, say, it's like, you know, that, that thing, you know, when you drag somebody to go and gossip somewhere. <laughs> That's how it is. So everyone is drawn away. Everyone is dragged forth or dragged away. So, and it is only using the text under consideration. So it says everyone is, dra- is drawn away. Of his own loss. Let's use. Let's see the word his own. Now all of these things will make sense very soon. Let's see his own. His own is translated from the word idios. You know, it's like saying you are pronouncing idiot, but it is not t. It is s i d i o s. So you just remove the t and put s idios. So when it says his own, is from the Greek word idios. It implies it. It pertains to self. Or one's own or private self or one's own or private self or one's own or private so this shows that desire is a part of man this explains to us that desire is a part of man and it is man's own so when he says everyone is dragged away with his own so we can simply say 
with something that is common to man and all of those things. So the word idios is used 109 in the New Testament book of the Bible. 109 times. It's used 109 times in the New Testament Bible. So it says every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enthise. That word lust, let's take the word lust. It's translated from the Greek word epitimia. Epitimia. E-P-I-T-H-U-M-I-A. Mia. Is this where you got your, your name from? Is it Mia? Where did you get it from? E-P-T-H-U-M-I-A. Oh, Musura. Oh, Musura. <laughs> E-P-I-T-H-U-M-I-A. It implies a longing. So when it says lost there, it means a longing. Usually for a negative, usually for the negative or what is forbidden. So that is, everyone is drawn away with, <laughs> with his own longing. Don't forget, we've already explained his own, his own loss. His own, we say idios, right? That is something that is common to you, that is your own patterns. You know, everybody has different that is troubling him. Me, what's troubling me is that I will get a Mercedes <laughs> and fly flex class plane. That's what is troubling my way. That's my whole lot. You know, if some if they want to tempt me now, you just tell me with free tickets. And someone just tell me, click here. You know, all those things they send you to your send to your email. They say click here and you win two hundred million dollars. Is it possible? Oh, you just do that by clicking, you now win it something. And you know you too, because of your own greed, you see $2 million, you click it. <laughs> when it's not lottery, you played. <laughs> so, so, it is interpreted as consupiscience, or what, what's that word? Consupiscience. Is, is, is that a word in the English, right? I think it's a word. <laughs> C O N C U P I S E N E E N C E sorry consupiscence is that a word? Someone look it up for me. I think I I think I I think I, I maybe is it consupiscence? Check it. Is it is that a word? Check it for me. Consupiscence. Okay, that is that is what I was looking for. Consupiscence. So you need to know you need to update no it's wow. You need to update your English. Joy going surprise. Are you all sister concerning? <laughs> it is it appeared as consupiscence. So when it says lost there, it means the person is drawn away. Remember we say drawn away is what now? We say drawn away is drag forth, right? That is the person is the, the person is carried, the person left his house to another place, you know. And we said idios, right? His his own, his own consupiscence. <laughs> so it's from the root word, and it's from the root word epitimio. So it's just like mia. You change the word to mio, mio, mia, mio. It was used thirty-seven times in the New Testament. Book of the Bible. 
So, thus far now, we've seen something that all the words used by James talked about personal choices. I mean, if you see that now, that every of these attributes, lost to drag away, um, lost, drag away, um, enthized, uh, template, it deals with, it deals with man's personal choice or desires available to man. So, look at the word enthized. When it says, um, everyone is drawn away with his own lust and enticed. The word enthized is from the Greek word delazo. D-E-L-E-A-Z-O. Delazo. D-E-L-E-A-Z-O. D-E-L-E-A-Z-O. It's which implies to entrap. It figuratively means, figuratively means to delude, to allow, to beguile. It means to entrap. It figuratively means to delude, to allow, to beguile. It was used three times in the New Testament book of the Bible. Let's look at the three times. James 1 verse 14 was used three times. And that's it, James 1 verse 14. And entice. When it says, John away with all those and entice. It was used in 2 Peter. Look at 2 Peter. 2 Peter 2.14. 2 Peter 2.14. 2 Peter 2.14. When it says, all two governors. No, no, I'm the first Peter. 2 Peter 2.14. Let me see. 2 Peter 2.14. It says, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and at they have exercised with covetous practices and cursed children. Look at in verse 18 too. It says, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they are law through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness. Those that were clean escaped them who live in error. So, it refers to, like I said, the lazo, enthized. It applies to entrap. If you go, it means delude a law or beguile. So, he says, he's drawn away with his own lust and enthized. Look at in verse 15. It says, then, when lust is conceived. So, are you seeing that? We've explained lost now. What is lost? Check your note. What is lost? Lost What does it mean? What does it mean? Okay. Now, we, we, we've said lost, right? Now, okay, look at, let's look at the, okay, we'll come back to that. Look at verse 15. We says, then, that word then in that place. Then. That word then in that James one, it's from the word itia. It's like, it's like, Amujola soji sita. Amujola. So, <laughs> dude, I just, his name just came to me when I was studying. Amujola soji sita. So, this one is not sita, it is itia. E-I-T-A. E-I-E-I-T-A. He will not be angry with me. <laughs> E-I-T-A, which is a pasit, pasitipu or particle. No, not pasitipu. 
know, is a particle of succession. That is, it means moreover, after that, you know, or afterward, you know, moreover, it's just a participle of, is it participle now, or partic particle? Is a particle. Is a particle of succession. I'm not saying participle. Don't, 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 don't. I know, I know what I'm saying. <laughs> is a particle of succession. That is in time or logic enumeration. So it's like saying something that is following a sequence of something. It's a particle of succession. It just means moreover, after that, for that month, this shows a process, a notion or a succession of happenings or events. So when I say then, are you getting it? It's just like when I'm writing a story and I say, then this now happened. Then and I went to go and I went to buy suya. Ah. Then and I hit boli. Boli means plantain. Then, no, it doesn't mean plantain. It means roasted plantain. Ah, Kalamayana. With granite. Let's focus. So it means it shows a process, a notion, or a succession of happenings or events. It was used 15 times in the New Testament book of the Bible, some of which include, let's see, Mark, 7, Mark 4, verse 17. Mark 4, verse 17. Mark 4, verse 17. You know, you have to be astute with the scriptures. You have to. Mark 4, verse 17. So he says, and have no root in them, and so they endure for a time. Afterward, you see the word afterward? Afterward, when I, so it's, it's a succession of events, right? A process, a notion. Succession of having of events, like saying, this is what is following this story. Does that make sense? You know, when I use then or afterward. Look at in verse 28, two of that same Mark 4. That's in verse 28. It says, for the earth bringeth forth fruit for herself, First the, first the blade, then, are you seeing it? Then the year, after the corn in the year. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 28. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. We're looking at where that word then is used. It says, and God set some in the church. First, apostles, secondly, prophets, thirdly, teachers. After that, are you seeing it? After that, miracles. Then, are you seeing it? Gift of healing, helps, tongues, government, and thongs, and all of those things. Are you seeing that? Look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 5. It was used in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 5. It says, And that it was seen of Kephas. So it was first seen of Kephas, then of the twelve. Are you seeing it? A succession of events. Look at in verse 7 of that same 1 Corinthians 15. After that, it was seen of James, then of other apostles. Are you seeing a succession of events? 24. Verse, look, look, look at in verse 24. Then cometh the end. Are you seeing it now? The, the succession of events. So let's go back to our James 1. So you've, you understand how then is used now. So it's like, it's, it's like saying they were continuing from... It's like saying James is... Let's look at that James now. It's like saying James is continuing or explaining what has happened. So it's like saying... look. Let's, let's read the verse. You know we started from... We started explaining... From verse 13, where it says, let no man, we've already explained, let no man see when he's tempted. We've already explained see. What does see means? Check your notes, because I know that some of you have visited it. Eba. 
Lego. Lego, not Sago. Lego. L-E-G-U. What did I say it means? To lay forth by speaking or to relate what? In words. Okay. So it says to lay forth by speaking. So when so, so when it says let no man say is tempted. What did I say tempted is? Periazora. What does it mean? And the voice could rise. Alright. He said, so I'm thinking, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither he tempted any man. But every man, how do I explain every man? Idios, right? Yes, so, is he idios? You see, I tested you now. And I say it has two compound words, right? Ek and what? And what do I say it means? To What did I say every man is in the Greek? Oh, in the Greek. It's okay. It's okay. Whatever. Whatever you whatever you say. So for God cannot be tempted. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away. What did I say drawn away is Whatever you say. And it's, and it's dragged forth and all of those things. And I say it's own lost. What does explain it? Idios. And I say that this is your personal one, right? Your belonging. And it's enticed. And I says then. Are you seeing? It's a succession of events. So it's now saying like, after this has happened, this is the next thing. Then. When lost. You know we've studied lost. What does I say lost is again? Epitumia. What did I say it means? A longing. That is what I explained as consupiscience, right? All right. So, we already explained that one. Then, it, So, the succession of events is then, when lost as conceived. So, when that your conceived as conceived. Now, look at what conceived means in the, in the Greek word, solambano. S U L L A M B N O B N O B A N O sorry Sulambano S U L L A M B A N O S U L L A M B A N O Sulambano So we are explaining the word conceive now it's and it implies to collapse S C L A S P Collapse that is to seize, to arrest, arrest, capture that is especially to conceive in the literal word or figurative words to conceive by implication to aid, it implies to catch, to conceive, to help, to think. Now, it is how it is how it is used that it will help us. It was used 16 times, and it's from the word. word now, can somebody guess the root word? When I say sulambano, lambano is the root word. And what does lambano mean? To think, to receive, to lay hold of something. Are you seeing it? So, when it now says sulambano, you see, they just added sulambano. It just means to catch, to, to conceive, to help. Now, let's see how it was used. Matthew 26, verse 55. It will help you now soon. Now, why is this, this explanation necessary? It's necessary because you have to see certain things very soon. 
so that you will see that this is not when you mention anything sin at all, you know, God does not have a hand in it. So that when you see anything that happen, you will not be like disciples asking and saying, Master, who sinned? Is man or his spirit? <laughs> Look at Matthew 26, verse 55. It says, In the same hour, said Jesus to the multitude, Are ye come out of the thief with sword and stay for me? I sat daily with you. Is this where I want to read? I sat daily with you in the temple. Are ye lay old? Ye lay no old of me. Receive, right? You did not take me. Nothing. You did not do anything to me. Look at Luke 1 verse 24. It says, they, lay, they did not lay hold of him. Luke 1 verse 24. And after those days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. That is, after nine months now, he conceived and hid herself. She gave birth. She did something. Look at in verse 31. That Luke 1 verse 31. It says, And behold, Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth the son, and his name shall be called Jesus. Look at verse 35. And behold, no, 36, sorry. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she shall also conceive a son in her old age. You see, the word conceived here. Look at Luke 2, verse 21. Luke 2, verse 21. It says, And in the eighth days was accomplished for the circumcising of the child, and his name shall be called Jesus, which also which was, which was so named of the angel before it was conceived in the womb. So conceive means you live with like you conceive, you help to you help and think. So let's go back to our James 1, verse 15. So when lost is conceived, when your consciousness <laughs> has now been bettered, because everything is bettered in today's English now, has been conceived. He bringeth forth. Now let's see what he's bringing. The word bringeth forth is translated from the Greek word thiko. Thiko. It's just like thick talk. Thick. So, but the only thing is, there's no K at the back of talk again. Thick. T-I-K. T-O. T-O. T-I-K. T-O. Thick. 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 It implies to produce. Bring effort means to produce. So when your consumption has been bettered, he produces. <laughs> he produces. And that produce is like produce like from seed as a mother, a plant, the earth, all of those things. Literally, it just implies to bear, to be born, to bring forth, to be delivered, to be in travail. It was used three times in the New Testament book of the Bible. It was used 18 times in the New Testament books of the Bible. Now, let's see the instances where it was used. Look at Matthew 1, verse 21. Matthew 1, verse 21. The Bible study is interesting, right? You have to patiently look at the scriptures. Matthew 1, verse 21. Because if you don't patiently look at the scriptures, like I said again, you will not properly understand the character of God. You will not properly understand what God is doing. Now look at Matthew 1 to the 1. It says, And he shall bring forth a son. So we can we safely say he shall produce a son, right? Because we say she can deliver a son, right? Because we say be born, right? A son will be born, right? Alright. Look at um verse 23 again. Behold, the virgin shall 
be with a child and he shall bring forth a son. Are you seeing the word bring forth again? Look at 25. That Matthew 1 verse 25. And knew her not till she had bring forth her firstborn. Are you seeing the word bring forth again? Look at Matthew 2 2. Matthew 2 verse 2. Saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen the star in the east and we are to come worship him. Where is it that is born? Use the word born here. Look at Luke 1 verse 31. Luke 1 verse 31. Luke 1 verse 31. It says, And behold, thou shalt, we, we looked at it, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and it shall bring forth. He used the word bring forth. So we can simply say produce, right? Look at verse 57. Verse 57. And Eliza, when, and when now Elizabeth full time came, and she had, that she should be delivered, she brought forth a son. Brought forth. Look at Galatians 4 verse 27. Galatians 4 verse 27. Galatians 4 verse 27. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren, that thou bearest not. It says, Break forth and cry, that thou travelest not. For the desolate many more children, and wish hearts and husband. So let's go back to our James 1. Let's go back to our James 1. We just saw a few of where it was used. So when your confidence has been bettered, right? As your your constipations has been bettered, has been brought forth, has been conceived, brought forth sin. Now let's look at sin. He says he has conceived. And bring forth sin. Let's look at sin. Sin is from the Greek word amatia. I think I've explained this in the recent in Adam. Amatia. H-A-M-A-R-T-I-A. H-A-M-A-R-T-I-A. It means offense or sin. Offense or sin. Offense or sin. It was used 151 times in the New Testament book of the Bible. 151 times in the New Testament book of the Bible. Now, if you notice in that verse, James 1 verse 15 now, it says, and when loss was conceived, the bringer forth sin. Look at what happened again. It says, and sin, when it is finished, he used the word again, bringer forth death. The second mention of the phrase bringer forth death there, is translated from now i want to teach you something about the use of words sometimes you know what did i say bring effort means the last time thick though right yes, now this bring effort in this instance is not thick though is hapokyo hapokyo a-p-o-k-u-e-o a-p-o K-U-E-O, apokio. It means to breed forth. That is to generate, to beget, to produce. In essence, it was referring to the product of that notion of sin. That motion of sin. That is the full consummation process. If you have done economics, you understand consummation very well. I don't know if you did economics in school. I did. 
it refers to a, a full consummation process. So note that apokyo was used, this apokyo now, it was used twice in the entire New Testament book of the Bible. And the other use was in context in James 1 verse 18. Look at in James 1 verse 18, where it says, Of his own will begat us. You see the word begat? Begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of the first fruit of his creation. So it was used in that context, in that place. So, but the other thing too, you know, was used in other places. And I showed you some references. So this points our attention that, to see that the notion or the motion, not notion, the motion of sin and death was conceived and consummated in man. I'll say it again. The motion of sin and death now, are you seen? I have explained sin now. Sin is a material, right? Sin offense. And this thing is all man's generation. Are you noticing it? Did you notice that all through I've been explaining now? Did you see where God did anything for man here now? He has touching sin and all of this, you know. This to let you know that sin and death was conceived and consummated in man. However, the offspring or that which God conceived in us is the word of truth. Word of truth. Look at in verse 16 and 17. It says, do not err. You know, we studied err. We said planao, right? P-L-A-N-O. Planao. What does I say it means? Check your note. Check your note. Planao. Do not err. Ah! Let's see Jeba. You're visiting Jeba. Do not err. I explained it in the first or second session or third. Ah, see you. I'm waiting. I'll give you one minute. To lead us astray. Or to cause to miss the way. So, so do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good. Some people don't even know if I said it. <laughs> <laughs> planao. It's you mean planao or piano? <laughs> no is wondering wow. <laughs> Every good and perfect gift come down from the Father of Light, with which there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning so he says every good that word good is from the greek word agathos a-g-a-t-h-o-s 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 agathos that's the word good which means benefits or well benefits or well in context it was used as an adjective to qualify the gift of god was used as an adjective to qualify the gift of God. So the word gift was used twice in verse 17 where it says every good and perfect gift. Are you seeing every good gift? Every good gift and perfect gift. It was used twice. The word good, agathos, so this benefit or well. 
So the first instance of the word gift is translated. The first instance, when I say the first instance of the word gift now, look at your Bible, what do, I, what do I mean? When I say the first instance of the word gift in verse 17, what do I mean? Every good gift. Are you seeing? Because there are two gifts there. <sighs> Guys, you know there's good gift, there's perfect gift. So when I say the first instance of the word gift now, is translated from the Greek word dosis. D-O-S-I-S. How many of you have listened to Gift of the Spirit when I explained Doria, 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 all of those things? How many of you have listened to that series? Carries, Doria, all of those things. Now, the Greek, you know when I was doing those things, those things, some of you don't be looking like, what was it? I'm sure now you, you, are, you are beginning to understand better. You know, I, I think I thought that in 2019. I think. Right. So the word gift there is translated from the Greek word dosis. It refers to the giver of the gift. I don't know if you remember this explanation in Gita, the giver of the gift and not the gift itself. The giver of this gift, not the gift itself. D-O-S-I-S. D-O-S-I-S. Dosis. Also, the giver of the gift or not the gift itself. He deals with the character of the giver. The character of the giver. Philippians 4 verse 13. We can see that in, it was used in Philippians 4 verse 13. Let's go there. Philippians 4 verse 13 so that you know how to see it. When you, when you read it, you know that this is doses. Philippians 4 verse 13. Philippians 4 verse 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's in verse 15 when it says, Now you Philippians know also. At the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicates with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. The word giving in the text there is from the Greek word dosis. It describes the intention of the giver. So now, in James 1 verse 17, it can be better understood to us as every good giving Right? Every good giving. Remember I said the word gift is translated from the word doses. It refers to more it refers more to the giver of the gift and not the gift itself. Right? And it deals with the character of the giver. Right? Now, so and we looked at in Philippians 4 verse 15 when it says associate giving and receiving. And and I say it describes the intention of the giver. So now, in James 1 verse 17 now, when it says, every good gift, can we safely say every good giving? Because we are saying the, it refers to the character of the giver. And we say it refers to the intention. It deals more with the giver and not the gift itself. So can I say every good giving? Because it's describing the intention of the giver. If it makes sense, let me see your hands. Just few of you. Okay, let me, let me explain it again. We said gift refers to doses in the Greek. D-O-S-I-S. And it refers more to the giver of the gift. The giver of the gift will mean I give you something. Right? You know if I give you something now, let's say I give you a cake. That's a gift, right? But doses now 
refers to me, the giver, not the cake. Are you getting me? So instead of saying every good gift, you will say every good giver or every good giving. My action is refers to the character of the giver. It refers more to the giver of the gift and not the gift itself. Does it make sense? So it is because I am a giver that is why I can give a cake. Okay, let's let's use for instance. It's because I can give that is why I'm teaching. I am giving you what I know. So now, can we say it refers to my person and not the teaching itself? Does it make sense? Now, that is exactly what that James 1 verse 17 is saying. Every good gift. He was not referring to the gift itself, but he was referring to the giver. So we can safely say every good giving because there is a giver, right? Does it make sense? If it makes sense, now let me see your hands. All right, cool. Now, so let, let's now see the second instance of the word give. So we said every good giving, right? And now we want to say every perfect gift. Now, so the second word, or that second word gift there in the text. Now, in studying, now, let me explain something to you in the scriptures. In studying the scriptures, you need to pay close attention because in English language, when we say gift now, it just means certain things in your head. <laughs> and I told you, I've always told you in Bible Aeronautics, the Bible was not written in English language. It was written in Greek and Hebrew. So it is in the translation that certain things were lost. So that's why when you see a word, you check it twice. Because now, if we get carried away now, we can get carried away and think, Gift is gift in our English world. Then we will not be we will not properly understand the text well. We just say every good gift. What is the gift? But now I've explained to you now that every good gift means like every good giver or every good giving or every action of giving. Are you seeing it? Because it's referring to the character of the giver and not the gift itself. Now we are, we now want to explain the word gift now. So you know. The Greek now, in the translation, they just speak mm, mm, every good gift, Joe, every perfect gift too. They just say, give, give, gift. But to us, <laughs> it does not pay us because we will not fully get what James is saying. They only translated, they are not trying to, but we, we are trying to read like we are James' audience. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? So, Every good gift and every perfect gift. Now, so let's see the word that perfect gift. Now, let's see the word gift there. In the first one, it's from the Greek word dorema. It's not dorime. It's not dorime. It's dorima. I'd not say you want to bambamo. Dorima. D O R E M A. D O R E M A. It refers to the effect of the gift on the recipient. Now, let me say it again. It refers to the effect of the gift of the recipients. It shows what the gift does to the receiver. So, let's say I give you a phone. You know, 
it shows that you are going to use the phone to call, to text, to receive, right? Now, that's the word gift here in this place. If as to the effect of the gift on the recipient, that is, this is what this gift has done to this person. Are you seeing it? It shows what the gift does to the receiver. So, the word dorima is from the Greek word, is from the root word, dorim, doriema. Mm, let me spell it for you so that we get Dorima, Doromia. Uh, shoot, let me get, I will get it. D O R E O M A I. Perry, oh yeah. Sister Kozani. Doromia. Dorime. I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll double check it and, and let you know. D-O-R-E-O-M-A-I. It was used three times in the New Testament book of the Bible. It was used three times. Now, let's see how that word was used. It will help you. Look at Mark 15 verse 45. It was used three times. Mark 15. You see, you know, do you notice that when I show you how it was used, it helped you appreciate that word more. How many of you that helps you to appreciate the word more? Look at Mark 15, verse 45. Mark 15, verse 45. And when he knew it was the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. See, guys, when he knew it was the centurion, what did he do? He gave the body to Joseph. Now, what did I say this gift means? If I to the effect of the gift. Now, whose body were they giving to Joseph? Jesus' body. Are you seeing that he refers to the effect of the gift of the recipient? Now, look at 2 Peter. 2 Peter 1, 3, 2 Peter 1, 3 to 4. Are you getting something? 2 Peter 1, 3 to 4. It says, are you there? It says, according to his divine power, at giving unto us all things that pertains unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to be glory and virtue, whereby at giving unto us the exceeding great and precious promises, that by this you are now partakers of the divine nature. Are you seeing? He gave you something, then you have now become it, right? So, are you see that he refers to what? The effect of the gift on the recipient. Look at Romans 5 verse 16. It will make sense now. Romans 5 verse 16. Romans 5 verse 16. Romans 5 verse 16. It says, And not as it was by one, by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto what? Justification. So now we have received justification. Are you seeing it now? Does it make sense? Alright. So now, let's go back to our James 1. So every good, and everything is going to make sense soon. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Now let's look at the word perfect so that it will make sense. Look at the word perfect. The word perfect is from the Greek word theleo. T-E-L-E-O, Theleo, 
which was also used together with sin in verse 15. It's tell you it was used together in 15 when he says when look at the verse 15 how it was used it says and sin when it is finished so finished is tell you and sin when it is finished so the word perfect in James 1 verse 17 also refers to what the gift does to the recipient it shows the unselfish character in the mind of God or the unselfish character of God so that is why he used the word perfect that is there is a perfection in the recipient for the recipient so that is so when he says every good and perfect gift he was referring to the perfection and that perfection is for the recipient are you seeing it now so he's showing you the nature and the character of God. That God gives you perfect gifts. Now he says, gives every perfect gift and is from above. Let's see from that word above. From above. I think I explained this above in Born Again. Who can remember? Born from above. Born from above. What does he say is the Greek word? Who can remember? And nothing. And nothing. H A N O T H E N A N O T H E. You see why you should take all those teachings seriously. <laughs> I said it again. Ah, nothing. Born from above. I said it. Go look at. Don't listen to the message. And nothing. Yes, I broke it down for you. Born from above. Yeah, I explained it to you. The word from above is for the word anothing. It was used 13 times in the New Testament Greek. Let's see how it was used. So when it says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. It's from above. I want to show you what it means now. Matthew 27. Let's do a run through. Matthew 27, verse 51. I don't think I might be able to go through all the scriptures. But I will just show you a couple and I will, I will list out the rest for you. Matthew 27, verse 51. Look at it. It says, uh, let's, let's do a Bible sword opening now. It says, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent open from top. Are you seeing it? From top to the bottom. And the air did quake from the, and the royal gate. That's another thing. Mark 15:58. Let's see if we can open everything. Mark 15:58. Let's rush. Everybody, let's be fast. Are you there? Who is there? Mark 15:38. Mark 15:38. It says, "And the veil of the temple was rent twin from top to the bottom." Luke 1:3. Are you there? It says, "It seemed good for me, having a perfect understanding of all things, from the very first to rise unto the in the order of." Of excellence, O Theophilus. John 3 3. Are you there? Yes, sir. It says, you should be there. Yes, sir. Yeah, there. <laughs> John 3 3. It says, Jesus has said, Very, very, I say unto thee, Except a man be what? Born again. John 3 31. Yes, sir. It says, He that cometh from above is above. Are you seeing it? Yes, John 19 23. 
You should be there. He says, John 19, verse 23, he says, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garment and made four parts. He now says, now the coat was without seeing from top throughout. At 26, at 26, verse 5. You should be there. Are you there? Yes, sir. 26, verse 5. He says, at 26, verse 5. He says, which knew me from the beginning. 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 Let's go back to John 19. John 19. You should be there. John 19, verse 23. It says, John 19, 23. Then the soldiers, I think I read that one before. Alright? Did I read it? Okay, I think I have read that before. Okay, it's John nineteen eleven, not twenty three. John nineteen eleven. He now says that Jesus answered that they have no power at all against me, except it was given thee from above. And we see in James one verse seventeen. Look at. Let's go back to our James now. This is every good and perfect thing from above. James three verse fifteen. Are you there? Yes, sir. This wisdom descended not from what? Above. Above. 17. Yes, sir. But the wisdom that is from what? Above. Above. So you see where it, how it was used now. Yes, sir. So that's, so, so that's basically how it was used. So the way it was used by the authors of the New Testament, books of the Bible, was that the word above we mean from the beginning. You see, in, in some texts, we saw from the beginning. For example, for another example, we saw the phrase born again, which implies new birth or new beginning. So, James 1.17, so in back to our James 1, when it says every good and perfect gift is from above, we mean from the beginning. That would mean Genesis. I will explain, I will explain that later. Not, not, not in this, this section, but you will get it later. So when it says, every good and perfect gift from above. So we can simply say, from the beginning, right? And where is the beginning? Genesis. Yeah, this is a simple stuff. Simple Bible stuff that you will learn later. From the beginning. So when it says, every good and perfect gift from above, and comet down. That word comet down is from the word Katabaino. Katabaino. K-A-T-A-B-A-I-N-O. 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 It was used 80 times in the New Testament book of the Bible. And it refers to descending, downfall. It implies a distance. Descending, downfall, it implies a distance. So, coming down from above, it implies descending, a downfall. Down, not a downfall, downfall. It implies a distance. Now, let's look at it. Say, coming down from above, coming down from the Father of Light, not from above. Coming up from the Father of Light, 
with whom there is no variableness. Let's look at variableness. Variableness is from the Greek word paralogy. Paralogy. P-A-R-A-L-L-A-G-E. Paralogy. P-A-R-A-L-L-A-G. Or parage. Paralage. Or paralogy. Paralage. Something like that. Something like that. It's a combination of two words. Para and alasso. No, this one is alasso, not large. No, you are, no, 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 it's, I understand, it's cool. Alasso, A-L-L-A-S-S-O, A-L-L-A-S-S-O, I will explain. Para, you should know para, I've explained para. No, beside, from beside. It's a primary preposition, when I say para, it's a, not Yoruba para, <laughs> not a para for you, no. <laughs> you know, you you pass that one. If I para for you, no, 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 no. That was no oh, para. In fact, there's there's somebody name. There's somebody yes, yes. There's somebody in my in my high school. His name was called Ajao Paraclet. <laughs> in fact, I saw the brother. His name is Ajao Rema in Ikeja City Mall one day. <laughs> I don't know why they gave their children. In fact, I was watching a service yesterday and they were sharing a testimony. And the person gave birth to a triplet. And the person's name is the person's name is Child Science and Miracle Science and Wonders. <laughs> People are giving children names these days to Miracle Science. I can't imagine what's the name? Science. <laughs> what's the name? Wonders. What's the name? Science. Supernatural education. <laughs> Simeon. <laughs> How many of you remember that? Some of you cannot remember. Okay. The word variableness is from the Greek word paralogy or paralage. From a combination of para and alasu. And the word para is a primary preposition. It's used for near or from beside. It's a primary preposition which is used from near or from beside. And the word alasu is used six times. In the New Testament book, it implies to change or to make different. To change or to make different. So James was explaining the fact that God's character in giving does not change. Now, so when he says in, so when when when, when Paul when I say Paul <laughs> James sorry, <laughs> when James was saying, with whom there is no variableness. That word variableness now is saying, when he says, with you there is no variableness, it's like explaining that God's character in giving does not change. It does not act from beside. It does not make difference. It does not change. Also, his giving is not conditioned or predicated on the action of the recipient. You know, that feeling that you say, if I do good, I will give you something. That's not the character of God. In fact, there's a way Krefnodola is to explain it then, and I enjoyed in those days. He says, God is not a God of, you do good to get something. Or, you're not going to make God to do something to get something. So, God is not a God of, I will do good, then I will now get good. I will do bad, then I will get. I will not get bad. If that is it, hope you know you get a you will not get a perfect gift. Are you seeing where what I've been trying to explain since now? The are you seeing where when I was explaining the character of the giver? Because if the character of the giver 
is is like this. It's two-sided or it's double-minded. Hope you know it will be predicated on you. So it will mean the reason why your prayer is not answered is because you have done bad. Because God designed it. No, that's not God that part of our Lord Jesus Christ. So James was explaining God's character in giving. That is, God's, the fact is that God's character in giving does not change. So, when God is doing something, so, God is somebody that you can see on a crystal wall, so clear. His character does not change. His giving condition does not, his giving is not premedicated on your, on the action of the recipient. So, God does not look at you. If he look at you, then he will not have given us Jesus. Are you seeing it? Because he says, in that why we are yet sinner, Christ died for us. So if he was looking at the fact that we are sinners, hope you know you will not die. Are you getting it? So he's not premedicated on, on the action of the recipient or in doing something to merit his gift. You know, a lot of people say, say worship him, worship God. When praises go up, blessings come down. It's not in the scripture. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Twirl around, roll on the floor. The Lord will buckle your bless- <laughs> The Lord will buckle your blessings for you. It's not in the scriptures. That is not his character. It's not premedicated on the more you worship him, the more you will get something. The more you shout in prayer or cry, is the more he will not pity you and have you know a lot of you know one day I was let, let me tell you one story about me one day. I was crying, I was begging God and praying, I'm crying. Instead for me to that situation requires me to use my authority, my believers' authority. I was just crying. And something just told me in my spirit that oh, you better wipe your tears. You think God cares about your tears. You better start and take action. And I thought about it. It's true. I've cried for money tonight. I just stood up, stood upon the world. Use my authority. You know, if you keep crying, say, Lord, hear me now. And that case, the man, in the name of Jesus, this is over. Oh, you will keep crying to death. That is not, he has given you everything. Are you getting what I'm saying? So a lot of people still used to believe, oh, begging very well, begging, begging, cry, worship him. That is why that template of, that template of first worshiping, Father, I thank you. I bless you. I give you the praise. I honor you. I adore you. There's no one like you. You are the only of the holiest. You are the you are the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning, the video, the the road of shine. You are the El Eroy. In fact, people, 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 different people started giving different remote. The the one. You are the Kadosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other day, the the Shama, the Shudu, the the Jehovah Kisite Denu, ah, then do you know what they'll do? It do you know what they'll do? They'll first make you, they'll first make you praise very well. You know what the prayer prays in Yoruba? They do something. Let's say in Yoruba culture, if you are in a party, the singer will praise you. He doesn't say, ah. I will sing it in English because of those that will not understand Yoruba. Ah, help me greet Noah Musa. Noah, Noah Musa. Hey, Noah, Noah, baby. Hey, Noah, Noah, baby. 
Noah, oh yeah, dance like Noah, dance that's a Noah, dance like Noah. Oh yeah, shake, shake, shake your body, shake, 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 shake your body. Hey, 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 Noah. They will not say Noah, hey, Noah, Noah, Noah. that has masters. You know, they will praise you so well so that your you will your head. Will... One brother said, see. No matter how they praise me in this city, nothing will happen that will make me drop five naira. So when they notice you are not dropping anything, they will not, they will not praise you again. They will move to the next person. But if you spray money, if you start, ah, there's one that they did for my father one day. They, let me sing it for you. Hey, they praise him. Oh, and my father that like music. My mother said, ah, worry me, come on. Only only me, my head was just boiling. My mother liked this like that. Ah, then I said, Omola Rabensi. Ah, my mother too would come with Aguilet. This is she, and she don't know more than one dance. It's just one dance. One. Just one. If she wants to try, she'll give you another style. But it's just one. And that dance does not even in praise and worship. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine they do those things you know what they do they brought that culture now and that has even even graduated even to the western world they brought that culture thinking that is who god is you first praise him after you finish praising god you now ask for the forgiveness of your sins after you finish then they'll say ask him for whatever you need now you are pure you are the holy that is not the character of god are you getting what I'm saying? Thank God for tongues. We can just talk in tongues every, every minute, every morning. And we are talking to God. Hallelujah. You see, it shows, you see, you see what tongues does? Tongues shows the character of his, of his personality. He's not caring whether you are this or you are that. Right? It's for all flesh. Hallelujah. So, that's the character of God. So, when he says, from the way it was, so, so like I said again, that giving, or that uh, um, it explains that it is not based on the merit. It's not based on the merit. So, let's look at that in verse 17 where it says, Father of light with no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That word turning is from the Greek word trope. T-R-O-P-E. T-R-O-P-E. Trope. T-R-O-P-E. It depicts a revolution. It depicts a revolution. The word trope was used for heavenly bodies, the way they move. That is, when it is here, it is not there. That is, when it is here, it is not there. It's, it refers, it, don't forget, I say it's trope. It's used for, it depicts a revolution for heavenly body, the way they move. That is, when it is here, it is not there. Now, this again shows us further that his giving will not be discriminatory that is he will act that is he would act the same way even to those who hate him so when he says no shadow of turning he's not going to be here or there he's not going to you know turning stick now you know turning stick is always turning just moving from how many of you know Yoruba calls it Orogun, uh, turning stick, or Morogun. 
How am I using Yoruba in this city so much? <laughs> turning stick, staring stick. You're just turning, you're turning fufu. What 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 can they use turning stick to to turn in America? Mashed potatoes. Yes. So you turn. So you know when you are turning, the stick is not staying in one place. <laughs> That's not the god of character of our Lord Jesus. <laughs> so that's what that turning kind of means, where it means trope. That is for everybody the way they move. That is, it is here, it's not there. It's just here, it's not there. <laughs> so again, this is showing us that the giving of God is not discriminatory. That is, he reacts the same way to those who hate him. See, let me tell you, brethren, Muslims can pray and receive answers. Hope you know they pray to God. You no, know, now I'm not just see, don't go and hear the devil and go and think they are worshipping God, though. I did not say they are worshipping God. But if they pray, God answers their prayer. Who do you think answers their prayer? Come, Muhammad is dead now. Do you think Muhammad is the one answering their prayers? No. If they pray for things and they see the answer, Muhammad is a dead God. He can't be he can't give them answers. Who do you think is answering their prayer? That is God. He loves everybody. He wants the good for everyone. Look at the Mark, Matthew 5 verse 45. Matthew 5 verse 45. Matthew 5 verse 45. He says that, look at what it says. He says that ye may be the children of your father, which is in heaven, for he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sendeth rain on the just and who? The unjust. So, God does not change in his character. See, God does not change in his character. God is not God is. Now, let's go back to our James 1 verse 17. Let's go back to our James 1 verse 17. So, he says, Every good and perfect gift come down for the Father of light, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow. Let's look at the word shadow. Haposchema. Shadow is from the Greek word haposchema. A-P-O-S-K-I-A-S-M-A A-P-O-S-K-I-A-S-M-A It describes sunset or fainting image. It describes sunset or fainting image or dim light. I don't know if you have, I don't know if you know what it's, I don't know if you know what low current means. Low current or no current at all. You just seen the current, dim light. I don't know if you know what this LED light, just very dim. So when it says no shadow of turning, so, and the, the, so, now, the original Greek context was arranged with... Now, let me explain how, the, how it... In the original Greek, how it was. The phrase was arranged as... Without shadow of turning. But you know, this is neither shadow of turning. It's supposed to be without shadow of turning. Wait, wait, wait. The way it was written here is neither shadow of turning... Wait, I want to explain it very well for you. Now look at verse 17 again. It says, with whom there is no variableness, 
neither shadow of turning. Now, the way the original Greek text arranged the phrase without shadow of turning was put to was to put the word turning before the word shadow. They were to put the word turning before shadow. And this way to better reflect God's character. Like saying, without turning <laughs> shadow. <laughs> neither turning or shadow. Or neither shadow of turning. Or neither turning or shadow. <laughs> because it has to revolve, trope, here or there. Then it's dim. Are you seeing it? It has to be something like that. It was the way to put the word thorning before the word shadow. So in other words, James explained that God does not speak or do things in type and shadows. So now let me explain for you now. James was explaining to us in this text. Let's, let's see how we can put a peg on this section. That the James was explaining to us that God does not speak or do things in type and shadow. So to think or say otherwise obliterates, obliterates or let me use the word contradicts his character or his person. God does not do things, when I say type and shadows, that is something you don't understand. God does God see, God does, God is not a God of plain hide and seek with you. <laughs> you know, believers just feel like God likes to play hide and seek. God does not have that time. So that explains to us that James described, that's why James explains that he is the father of light. You see, this is light now. This is Bob, light. Now, with this light, is there, inside this bulb, is there any shadow of turning inside? Is there LED light? Is there darkness inside? Or is there red inside this white? It's simply white, just light. That is God. That is exactly who God is. When you look at a bulb, just say, ah, ah. How this color is just so bright and so light. I'm not use, don't use, use LED light, too. Don't use Nigerian light, no leper, no current. All of those things do. That reflects his character. So, in other words, he is the father of light. He implies that everything God does or gives is light. God does not give that. In this bulb now, is there a bit of darkness? Are you seeing it? God, is there even an iota of darkness in this bulb? At all. So God is crystal clear. He is a mirror you can see. And that mirror is in his written word. In Christ Jesus. He is crystal clear. There is no variableness. There is no shadow of turning. So, everything that God does or gives is light. He is good. He is perfect. And the fact that he gives good and perfect gifts without variableness or no shadow of turning is his character. Now, look at in 
Let's go back to what we read now when it says in verse 16, it says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. That word err, we say it's from the Greek word planao. Now, let me show you how it was used by Jesus. Matthew 22, verse 29. That planao. Matthew 22, verse 29. Matthew 22, verse 29. Matthew 22, verse 29. Matthew 22, verse 29. He says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, not the power of God. Are you seeing it? You do err, not knowing the scriptures, not the power. Look at First John. 226 1 John 226 you should be there it says and these things are written unto you concerning them that seduce you that was seduced that is to lead you astray it implies to lead you astray to cause you to miss the way so anyone who is teaching you otherwise is leading you astray that is what we call false doctrine. In fact, I will teach you something about the truth of the Antichrist. That is exactly what we call the Antichrist. Anyone that is teaching you something different, they are showing you. Because see, I, I'm, I'm not now, but very soon one day, I'm going to teach you a truth about Antichrist. And we'll study it. It's a misconception of God. If you can't have a right understanding of the scriptures, that this is God. You cannot serve God well. You can't even understand. You can't even understand the scriptures. So this is fundamental to your faith. This is fundamental to salvation. So that's why James was saying, guys, you know, he first told us every man, every man is tempted when he's drawn away with his own love after sins, dead, all of those things. Then I say, hey, do not err. Don't be led astray. He now told them every good and perfect gift. Are you seeing how he wrote now? Comes from the Father of Light. That is, don't miss the way. So it applies to us that there will be an element that will make you do what you are doing, an element that will champion the hero. And this goes beyond an action, this goes a series of actions. So, what James was doing, look at in, look at in James, James 1 verse 5. Look at James 1 verse 5. Look at James 1 verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That give it to all men liberally, and nobraded not, and it shall be given unto him. Why? The character of the giver. Are you seeing it? Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavery. For he that wavereth is like what? The wave of the sea driven with the wind and thirst. And let not that man think what? He shall receive if anything of the Lord. For a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So, the thumb, look at, let's see something. When it says, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask to God that give it. That word that give it, in that verse 5 there, it's from the Greek word didomi. D-I-D-O-M-I. Didomi. D-I-D-O-M-I. D-I-D-O-M-I. It was used for 16 times in the New Testament. 
416 times. It means to offer something or to make available. To offer something or to make available. To offer something or to make available. So, it does not force any man to receive. This is to show to you that it do, God does not force any man to receive. This portrays the character of God in giving. Because it says in that verse 5, it says, if you lack any wisdom, let him ask of God that give it. We already said, did do me right. That give it. And, it's, and what did I say it means? It's offer, to offer something or to make available, right? And it says, to all men, that to ask of God, that give it to all men liberally. That word liberal as seen is from the word aplos, H-A-P-L-O-S, H-A-P-L-O-S, H-A-P-L-O-S. It was only used once in the New Testament Greek. It was just used once. And it's from the Greek word, it's from the root word, aplothes, H-A-P-L-O-T-E-S, H-A-P-L-O-T-E-S, H-A-P-L-O-T-E-S. It replies to singleness. It replies to singleness singleness that is the character of god is just one it's not two are you seeing it you can simply know this is what you want to receive from god it's, you are not like job who is saying shall we receive good from god <laughs> and also receive evil that is a double-minded god that's not liberal that means he's not liberal he is not single are you seeing it now look at so that's the word upload this now in that sense that give it to all that give it to all men liberally and upbraided not. I thought you upbraided not recently. Yeah. What does upbraided not in the Greek mean? Oinedezo. It's from the Greek word oinedezo. It implies not to find fault, or it implies to defame. It means to rail at, to cast in the teeth, to reproach, to upbraid. This really is stronger than. It, it is actually stronger than finding fault. It's used for insulting people or making people look bad. So when it says, and upbraided not. So that is, this explains to us the willingness of God to give and the fact that he gives without defamation. It's not that, so it's, it's, it's more than, like I said, it explains the willingness of God to give and the fact that he gives without defamation. I'm saying, God is not that type of God that will give you like this and tell you, you know, I give you something that time. You know, I give you, if I give you cake, give me banana bread. <laughs> you know, I give you eat with she. You give me meat pie. You know, that's not God. He gives without defamation. He gives without thoughting, thoughting you. He gives without reviling or fault finding. You know that day I gave you because you were hungry. It's because you were hungry. <laughs> you did not really give. <laughs> Chabaka does that a lot. He said, Pastor, I gave you. I gave you. I feel like the world will have been tired of hearing the name Chabaka. <laughs> so is the word Oinedezo. It was used 10 times in the New Testament book of the Bible. Because of our time, I'll just quote it. 10 times, Matthew 5 verse 11, Matthew 11 20, Matthew 27 44, Mark 15 32, Mark 16 14, 
Luke 6, 22, Romans 15, 3, 1 Timothy 4, 10, James 1, 5, 1 Peter 4, 14. I'll say it again. Matthew 5, 11, Matthew 11, 20, Matthew 27, 44, Mark 15, 32, Mark 16, 14, Luke 16, 22, Romans 15, 3, 1 Timothy 4, 10, James 1, 5, 1 Peter 4, 14. So that's how it was used, the word doing it. So in essence, the first thing James did <coughs> was to inform them about the character of God. So one of the first things he did in this chapter was to inform everyone about the character of God. That is, God gives to all men liberally. He does not upbraid. That is, he does not find faults. So, Giving, so receiving from him depends on the one asking and not God. Because God is always giving. Are you seeing it? See, let me explain something to you. God is willing to give. You are just the one not willing to receive. He gives with single-mindedness. Liberally, your braided not. Is not God is not the God that will say, because I've given you now today. It means you must worship me. It means you must <laughs> you must submit what I gave you to God. Give me back what I gave you. It's, you know, you're not like you know, Chavaka is the example of that one. You know, like Chavaka, I give you, so give me this. That's not God, it's you. <laughs> So, God is always giving. He is not finding fault. He does not operate. So, receiving from him depends on the one asking and not God. So, just so that you know something. So, that's why he says in verse 6 when he says, Let every man, in verse 6 where he says, Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavery. He says, let him ask in faith. So, in, in his asking, that's not needed. Because you know he's going to give. Because faith will just be needed in what? In the receiving. Then he corrected them about their double-mindedness about God. So he said, double-minded man is, about, is unstable in all these ways. So, the fact is that he gives to all men liberally and he does not find fault in giving. So God does not find fault in giving. God does not find fault in giving. At all. At all. He does not find fault in giving. So, a clear picture. So, you know what James did now? James gave us a clear picture of who God is. We are seeing the character of God now. Is God behind sin? Is he the one that makes you to have consciousness? <laughs> are you seeing it? I guess that is a man's thing, right? But when he's giving, are you, did you see his character? His character is clearly involved in the giving. Are you seeing that? That when he gives, he gives as a father of light in who there is no thorn in or shadow. Right? 
There is no two ways. And he does not give, he's not make it or break it. Is <laughs> either you make it or I deal with you for not making it. That's not God's character. God gives you unconditionally. He gives you freely. He gives you finding no fault. Are you seeing it? So God gives finding no fault. He gives finding no fault. So, a clear picture has been painted to us. So when you read James now, when he says, if anyone lack wisdom, let it give to all men that giveth liberally and obreded not, and it shall be given to him. And let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a is like a wave of the sea driven to the wind and thrust. And let no man that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Are you seeing it now? So he corrected them about being double-minded, be double-minded about God's character. So you and I, we must not be double-minded about his character. So now, when we ask for anything in prayer, can God give? Why are we not receiving? It's you. He's ready to give. All the time. All the time. He's a giving God. Does he find fault? Nope. Is it that God that was he? So are you seeing, if he gives you a car now, is it that God I will say because you did not dedicate the car? That's why you have accident. Does he even want you to have accident? Because the Son of Man to save and not to destroy life, right? So is he the one that made you lose your job? Uh, no, it can't be. If he gave you the job, why does he want you to leave? Because you did not attend church. You know, a lot of stories like that that people will say because you did not attend church. Now, this is not a license to not attend church. <laughs> if you not attend church, it's your problem. Are, are you getting one of the other is they you don't attend church, sickness fall on the person, God uses it to teach the person, he lets it to come back to church. That, that's not God. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right. So, I'm, I'm sure you understand it, right? So now, We'll continue, we'll continue from here.